0: Thanks for tuning in to the Athletic Scholarship Corporation Radio Network. Heard worldwide on www.athleticscholarshipcorp.com. Your source for college recruiting help, training advice, motivation, and more from pro athletes, coaches, celebrities, and entrepreneurs worldwide.
1: AJ over at the Be On Air com studios in beautiful Cleveland. My man Daryl over here from Any Light Photography. When you get that website done, buddy. When I'm done with yours. Um, <laughs> just, Makes sense. That's why I'm not in shape anymore because I'm always busy getting kids in college and trained and all that. So I'm going to stay fat. I, just don't have time. <laughs> I got my man in town. Yes, sir. Clevelander. Yes, sir. Curtis Oakley Jr. Oh, yes, I don't know the name. Yeah. Your so you gotta put that Jr. in there. Gotta gotta put that Jr. So we're talking hoop dreams, pedigree, recruiting. We're gonna cram it all in in about thirty minutes here. Um, I know four-year starter brush, right? Yes. Like, sir. Am I doing the math right? Yeah. So I was a sophomore in college when you were born, so that hurts my feelings. <laughs> um,
2: did you play forward and then transition to guard in college? Yeah. So I played a lot of four. Um, coming mm-hmm. up, coming up, I was always bigger than everybody. Yeah. Um, so when I in middle school, I was playing the four, and um, but I always could, you know, shoot threes. I, I I had ball control. I didn't really do all the through the legs and all that stuff. But you weren't going to just take the ball from me. So I played a lot of four, step out, shoot the three. So um, I played three and four, but a lot of a lot of power forward in high school.
1: So obviously, Division One Bryant yeah. switch to guard. Obviously, in 6'4", yeah. six four. You're not going to yeah. play. Yeah.
2: And you're not going to play
1: any any high numbers. Yeah. So you're to get one or two,
2: right? Yeah. How was that transition for you? Uh, so the, the transition to going playing at Bryant, for me, um, you know, everybody has their own experiences. So I, I think for me, I kind of transitioned from being a star player in high school mm-hmm. to now accepting a role um, yep. in college, which I was very okay with. You know, as the levels get higher, you know, sometimes you become um, – you know, you got to accept things as they come to you. Um, my coach told me I will always have a, a, a nice role. I, you know, I, I like to shoot the ball, take a lot of shots. But um, I took like a six-man role going into school, so that was kind of the biggest difference for me. But I embraced it. When my team got. I just wanted to win. Um, I was going into a situation where uh, they had only won two games mm-hmm. before I got there. And a lot of people were like, oh, why did you choose playing? Why didn't you go to Akron or Kent State or something like that? And I was, you know, I would just, I want to be a part of a uh, a rebuilding culture, a changing the culture somewhere, and um, you know, so the next year we won 19 or 20 games, so And you played as a freshman? Yeah, I played and a little bit, uh, I played uh, a little bit, my role increased as a sophomore, but I played a little bit, but we were pretty good, we B.C. At, at Lehigh and uh, Boston College so. Did we're you, do
1: you think the, I mean, looking back at the recruiting process I know you connected with us and, and joined our team, yeah. and we were excited to, to have you and start right. rolling, and then here the NBA snatches yeah, you up, so yeah. I'm like, you know you gotta you gotta love a guy that's gonna do better and you just let him let him give you his thing and I'm sure we'll, we'll work together on camps and other things yeah, in the back. Definitely. But how did um you know, why did you join us at, at Athletic Scholarship Corporation and, and do you think it would have helped you more looking back? I mean you're still you know, you're twenty four now, right, correct? Yes. So it's still in the back of your mind. You just went through this recruiting process. Do you think you could have got a little more help?
2: The reason why the reason why I joined, um, well, from my own experience is because The recruit process for everybody is a very difficult process. You know, I mean, it's only easy for those super top, you know, six eleven, six eleven, come out of you know, come ready made for you know, professional or Division One sports. But um, so, like you said, I was a tweener, you know, six four, playing forward, you know, guard, forward, or whatever. And um, the the recruit process was very up and down, um, whether it was academic wise, um, because I didn't. a lot of people in my school, kind of, they were not. A, not everybody with Division One and stuff like that. So a lot of people didn't really know how to handle the clearing house and things like that. And when I yeah. when I saw that, when I saw ASC, I just loved the things you guys were doing. You know, you guys were putting kids in position to you know have those things um, you know taken care of for you. The social media and the the academics and where you fall and how the test scores add up to you know the <coughs> test scores go along. With um, your GPA and stuff like that, but I had my my head coach who I love to death in high school. You know, Jason McCott, I loved, and that was mm-hmm. my guy. But you know, he told he told my mother straight up because he wasn't he wasn't really aware of all the things that the process included. Yeah. And um and I was I was a very I was a very involved guy. Like I you know I, I wanted to know what was going on. Yeah. with my, You know my college coach. You know what I'm saying? The recruitment and things like that. He you know he told me you know Curtis you know, you know, Division one players don't. You know, you know, I'm not really shipping out Division I players like that. You know what I'm yeah. saying over here. So I, I haven't really went through that process of to get you clearing house ready and what to go over with your academic, academic advisor and things like that. So yeah. when I saw what you guys were doing, it's perfect. These kids need the, that guidance and they need people in their lives or you know, systems to be able to tell you, hey, this is what you need to take care of here, right. here, here, here. Because when I was getting ready senior in high school, you know, we were, you know, everything was cutting it close. We yeah. had to, you know, get this ready and do this, do this paperwork. So I mean. So yeah. you didn't really know where you were going until your senior year. No, I didn't. Um, so I think you know, verbal. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I verbal late. Um, so you know, coming up, you know, you have your ups and downs in school and things like that. So I was getting looked at by Division ones, Division twos, D threes, junior colleges, NAIA's. I was taking visits all over the place yeah. because, like I said, you know, everybody wasn't really too familiar with the clearinghouse and how my grades were going to stack up with my test scores and things like that. So my recruit process was it was you know. It, it was stressful. I think that yeah. it's a very stressful
1: uh, process. What's your um, looking back, and you're talking to a parent or a student athlete? What's your best advice to them in getting ready right for this process? You know, maybe you thought it was one way, but it really isn't that way. Um, you know, what would you say to a parent? <coughs> Excuse me, and then
2: say this is what you sh- what I should have done. Okay, uh, what I would say to a parent is um, don't don't just leave things up to the coaches. Or don't just leave things up to the coaches and get involved with your own process. It's not really where you go to school or, or, you know, it's really about you. You know what I'm saying? It's really about what you get done in the classroom, what you get done um, athletically. Would have put you in a position, position to be successful, but just stay active in your own process. You know, don't leave things up to the unknown. Crap, you know what I'm saying? So. And that resonates all the time in this process this is the one thing I always –
1: hear from people that moved on, obviously you're working the NBA now, we'll talk about that in a minute, but it was always take control of your future, invest in your future. Right. It's your child. Right. It's not the coach's child. It's right. not the coach's responsibility. And there, some of them that say they're equipped to handle this process really aren't. Maybe they right. placed somebody that was 6'11", that's a no-brainer. Exactly. And then all of a sudden they think, okay, now I'm a recruiting guru and, exactly. you know, we build an infrastructure and technology that texts, fax, calls, emails, sends out mails to all the coaches.
2: So it's a numbers game. At the end yeah, of the day. I think um, I think another big thing is is like parents they have to understand parents and kids that these high school coaches this isn't a Division one college coach this isn't a Division two college coach or NBA coach where this is their sole job. Right. You got high school coaches that uh you know my high school coach was the basketball coach. He was the golf coach. He was a, he was a math teacher in the middle school. He did right. this and that. He has a family. You know what I'm saying? He has a wife. He has a kid. So they're doing you know, they're doing so many things yeah. that they want to help you, but they're living you know they're living a regular life just like you. You know trying yeah. to make ends meet and do all these other things, and they got three four or five different players that are trying to go to school. So I think that like I said before, you gotta you know stay on top of your. Um, your own process, but that's why things like SC are amazing because you have all those different those tools you can use in the different packages. Where, like uh, when I was a young kid, you know, you just say things on social media that you're not aware of. That they can these kids and I. As when I was coaching last year, I'm trying to tell I'm trying to tell these kids, hey, don't do this, don't do that, because they're looking. Yeah, for sure. They're they're trying to see. It, they they're not going to bring anybody with bad character into these schools. So things like that are so helpful for these kids that. You know, can't really be.
1: Yeah, they don't believe when we talk to them. Yeah, they, and and they just still do it, and they continue to do it, and then they wonder why. You know, I had these coaches looking and then they disappear. Right. It's like if you were engaged in talking to a coach and then they disappear, I I'm willing to bet and your skill set is still growing and, and you can chart growth. Exactly. It's probably your, your social media behavior or even your group of friends. I had one coach I interviewed, uh baseball coach, that said I look at the guy's girlfriends page because I know the right. drama. Right. And I'm like, wow, that's a whole other level of investigation. Um, How did pedigree, obviously your uncle's, what, 19 years in the NBA? 19 years, yeah. I mean, crazy. Yeah. Um, Charles Oakley. Yes, sir. And... When did you ever beat him? Did you beat him yet? You In basketball? Yet? Have you taken him to the rack yet? So, to
2: <laughs> we haven't played one-on-one. Wow. We played two-on-two. See, he doesn't want to take you on the He game. doesn't. He <laughs> doesn't want the one-on-one loss because he needs to be able to hang that loss on somebody else. <laughs> All right. He he probably, needs, he's probably picked me needs, up. Yeah, he needs to be like, okay, such <laughs> and such might have been doing this to him, but I locked you up. Yeah. So, I mean, I played two-on-two. Me... Um, my cousin and I uh, versus uh, my uncle and my brother. You know, it gets real competitive. It's not, you know, not a not a lot of feelings lost not there. Not good. No, you know, never so. played one on one. I know you wanted to dunk on him. And I, I wanted record. to do a lot, but you know, <laughs> he, it's a physical dude, so he probably won't get
1: that done. Yeah. He, he probably won't get that done. Well, he plays in a, in a different era where you could actually really, you know, I don't know, LeBron would probably hate playing back then. A lot I mean, of these, these guys, a lot were, of, of these guys, you know, a lot of these guys would hate playing. It was right. like a hockey game, exactly. Know? And now it's different, but. What did that pedigree and in, in being part of that legendary basketball family? Did that play a role
2: in, in evaluation of you and in, in recruiting? Do you think or not at all? I think it definitely played a role. Um, I think that I think that uh, going into my recruitment, uh, one of my biggest one of my biggest things that coaches liked about me wasn't necessarily athletically. Um, I was, uh, you know, growing up under my uncle and my father. You know, they were you know real leaders of men which I was able to learn, you know, growing up under them. So I kinda um I was a real I was a leader on every team I played on, you know, I really liked the team atmosphere. So I think going into my crew, my recruitment a lot the word is that this guy, you know, he can he's a really good leader, you know what I'm saying? He's a great locker room guy to have in the in the locker room and I'm very uh I get on you mm-hmm. but I you know, build you up, I always have your back. So I think that I think that, that characteristic and that toughness that, you know, that I learned from coming up under my uncle and my father. Uh, I think that I think that played a factor in my recruitment because a lot of the guys think it's just uh, you just got to be able to play the game, but you got to be able to think the game mentally. So I think that played a factor. Did, um, and that was one of my questions
1: is, who's your biggest mentor? Is it both of them? Or who really sticks out as, you know, your mentor
2: and how important is it, as a mentor to a, a young uh, man? My, my, my biggest mentor was my father. Okay. Um, my father's, also, I mean, my fa- my uncle's also. He was also became a bigger mentor to me as I was getting older, mm-hmm. because obviously he lived the NBA lifestyle, so you know he's doing a lot of traveling. But um, to your point of how important is that? I think having a mentor or a solid a solid man to look up to mm-hmm. is one of the biggest things that a young man can can have. I think um, a lot of these kids that are, um, you know, face a lot of adversity or you know see a lot of struggles in life. Um, a lot of them don't have an older, older, solid, you know, solid man to look up to, which is very important, mm-hmm. very important. I try to be that guy for a younger brother because I understand that if you don't have someone that's come before you and done these things and can try to not necessarily tell you what to do, but tell you what they would do if they were you mm-hmm. and how to act in certain situations, then, you know, you can... Um, Try to you know get over those hurdles when they come instead of you know. But sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta bump your head. So you know it's it's all it's all relative. But I think the solid foundation and a solid male figure or you know role model look up to is very important. How was the transition from? Obviously you're a scholarship guy in, in,
1: in college, and it's great when you don't have debt and you get your education. Right. Right. How was the transition emotionally and responsibility wise when you left home, Cleveland? and You go to Rhode Island. Yeah. I mean, nobody's there, and your family's supportive. They right. try to get to the games that they right. can, or obviously. But what was that transition like? And, um, and did you encounter
2: anything that was like I-, I can make a bad decision here? You know what I mean? I mean, definitely. You always run into situations where you can make bad decisions uh, off the court, on the court, wherever it is in life. Yeah. You know, um, like I said, I come from a, a family of people that have been through a, a lot of things. Yeah. Um, you know, a world of things, and they're really great teachers to us as uh, you know the younger kids in the family so um they were pretty confident in me leaving home and you know i, I know some some kids and families are like oh we don't know we don't really want yeah. them to get stay you know, cause, here." you know because yeah. you're you gonna have those you're gonna have those kids that really haven't you know really experienced a lot yet and parents and uh family members are really worried i think that obviously because of my family they were worried about me but not too worried because you know I, i've done a lot of traveling but um it's all the maturation process. When you're going to go to college, you got to really look at yourself um, and really say, hey, am I going to buckle down and make the right decisions to be able to be a, a good citizen in whatever community that I'm going to? But, um, you know, I faced my up and downs when I first got there. Like I said, it's a different. You go from culture to culture, and you you got to get used to things. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing when kids are getting comfortable is always remain themselves. Stay true to the values and things that you've been taught by the older people in your family or the people you look look up to, and you'll be all right. Yeah, that's great advice.
1: What's college, the recruiting process, uh, and I always tell parents that some coaches just don't tell the truth about the program or what you're facing. You're going to be the man, you're going to come here, and then you get there, and you're like, wow, this is, this is like, and I tell people, all all we can help you with is get on the stage, get visibility, and get an opportunity. What you do with that is... Nobody can control that except you and that coach. Exactly. Do you think your experience at Bryant was what you expected or what was promised, or do you feel like maybe sometimes in the recruiting process some coaches were just –
2: you just didn't feel comfortable, like the chemistry, you know what I mean? I think at Bryant it was exactly – the opportunities that were given to me were exactly what the coach stated. Their opportunities. Yeah. Like you're on the team, you're on the roster, what you do with it is up to you, right? Exactly. I think um, other schools that I talked to – you know, they were just some schools will obviously try to sell you a dream, and I think um, it's really your decision to figure out who's you know being the most genuine because their job is they gotta get players, they gotta get players, <coughs> they now, gotta win, they gotta be win. On fire. Now sometimes players go out there and, and you know some things happen that weren't expected, and they weren't they don't become the player that were expected to be because there's a lot of pressure and a lot of different things going on. But I mean, like you said, you're only being afforded an opportunity. Now, what you do with that opportunity is on you. The coach can tell you, hey, I, I think you're going to be a starter here, but that means you still have to go and earn your starting spot. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's projecting you to be a starter, but if you go in there and you, you don't play at par or and you're, you're done. not doing it, then you're done. So I think that um, – I think it was what I expected. I had a very up-and-down career. You know, I had good times where I was playing a lot. I had times where I was sitting on the bench. It's whether it, – how are you going to respond to that is my yeah. biggest thing. So I think, uh, you know, I got frustrated when I was sitting sometimes and I was very happy when I was playing, but I was also happy sometimes when I was sitting, you know what I'm saying, because you get I a knew, break. you know, you get a break. And uh, you sometimes my biggest thing is you have to be real with yourself. If you're not playing well, you're not playing well, you know, you need to improve. But like like you said, you're here to help kids get into school. What happens there is all on you. It's what you do. Yeah, I mean, a like lot of were talking about
1: NBA, NFL, and, I'm like, what happened to your junior year and your senior year back when I played in the 90s? In high school, I remember saying, it's a new year. i got to earn my spot again. And right. I think that mentality has gone. I think you a kid like. that has a good sophomore year thinks it's a shoe in that he's going to be the man. Nah. And, I mean, and so everybody looks way past that to the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you caught yourself at some Did. points. You know, you're having a successful career in high school, you're, you know, an AP, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. honor, honorable mention or whatever award yeah. you won, which is a big deal. So I'm sure sometimes you get a little swell in the head and you go, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna do this, this, and this. I mean, did you
2: try NBA? Did you go to camps? Or uh, My thing was, I was coming up through high school, you know, we were all, you know, I was in the same uh, class with, like, uh, Desmond Ryanauer and Terry Rozier, and we were all, you know, pretty successful. <laughs> Everybody's looking forward, like, hey, I'm going to go big D one. Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to the NBA and things like that. And um, for me personally, when I was at Bryant, my first two years, uh, the NBA stopped being a real vision. Like it, I, I didn't really I – took, I, I took a step back and I really realized how hard – exactly how hard yeah. it is to yeah. get to a level yeah. like that. Yeah. And I was seeing the guys at Bryant that had the bigger roles and were scoring all the points and grabbing yeah. all the rebounds. And they weren't – their careers weren't projecting Right. To the NBA right. So I really had to Take a, a look at myself I'm like hey Is this really something That I want to pursue Or should I pursue Something more You know More terrible Long term yeah, yeah. for myself You know Everybody is different But um, I think that The big greatest thing You can do for yourself As a young man Or woman Is to really look back And be honest with yourself A lot of these kids Are honest with themselves You know I still have friends To this day That you know That uh, you know Play overseas for, That isn't too profitable going long term for them. Right. now, You got some people that are breaking the bank, but, I, you know, for me personally, I didn't want to go play one or two years and, you know, you know, for, so I didn't, uh, for me, early on in college, I was like, hey, I'm going to get a job, but whatever job I, I, I figure out that I'm going to get, right. I'm, I'm going to, you know, work right. hard and try to get it going, so.
1: Well, I mean, obviously, Brian's not Duke or Philadelphia <clears throat> or, or Kentucky, but the level of competition, even at D2, I see a lot of international players. And we're talking bigs. I mean, six, yeah. eleven, seven yeah. footers. And I'm going, wow. Yeah. I mean, they were just late in the process. They're international, or right. someone wasn't marketing them. And, and you can't. These coaches can't see everybody. Exactly. You know, obviously, you know, Kentucky, Duke, and Kansas. All these different, you know, shoe in programs every year. They've got a pipeline, and, mm-hmm. and you know, they got the one and done guys. They just go in, play, and get out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a different, you know, different culture. How's the Fast forwarding the NBA now, I mean, how do you like – got to love that job. Oh, man. I mean, what's your day like
2: now? So, my day is uh, – honestly, I love my job. i got a great job for me personally as a, you know, young man trying to trying to keep moving forward. But uh, I get in the office about 9.30. Um, we got to, we, we work in a game operation center, which is right next door to the replay center. So, like, right during those games when they right. go talk yes. to Steve Jabby yeah. and stuff, we're right next door to that. Um, we got four monitors in the room. So basically, I, we, um, I'm part of the strategy and analytics group, and we review games. Wow. We, uh, we evaluate the referees. We grade the referees um, on every single possession. Frame by frame, we're watching every possession of wow. basketball. Every game is played this season. We're watching it. So um, like our manager said, we probably watch more basketball than everybody in the world. Because we come in, and all day, that's what we do, watch basketball. So I love it. You know, this office is great. Great people. It's very relaxed vibe. There's two offices. There's one in New Jersey, one in New York. I think the one in New Jersey has got, like, a more relaxed culture. Um, great people who work for the NBA. Um, it's just a real comfortable feel, you know. And, hey, I'm watching basketball. I'm still doing what I love. Okay. i get paid to do what I love, so I can't complain. Did um, you think you're –
1: basketball IQ, I mean, you, you know basketball and you play at all these levels, and then you get there and take this job, do you go, wow, I've just learned so much more about basketball, and my IQ is so much higher now?
2: Yeah, so uh, with me personally, I've always been known you know, in basketball circles, I have a high basketball IQ, so when I walked in, I walked in very confident yeah. I mean, you know, they you're like, oh I don't what, know What are you guys going to, go to teach me? me? Yeah, yeah I, I know I'm sitting down in the meeting, like, I'm writing down notes, i <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like what do you guys That gonna, was the first time that, that happened. ever happened. I'm like I'm like, what do you guys gonna teach me? And they're like uh Uh-oh. they're like that. uh they are like uh they they just basically you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes along yeah. with the game that that I didn't know, that I thought I did know, but Hey, they taught me. I, I know what's going on now, so. That, that was it. coffee. It wasn't <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we're good. It's <laughs> all so good. Um, so,
1: you made me crack up. I said, get my coffee out in the morning. So, um, I always ask about championship moments, and it could be high school, it could be college, or when do you look back and just say, man, this is what sticks out right now? A championship moment? Yeah, uh, and it could be anything in life. I mean, it's. Oh, anything about if I score, It, it could be, hey, my letter of intent. It could be okay. in that game. I, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, just a my championship
2: it. moment was definitely <clears throat> signing that letter of intent to go to school. You know, um, my mother. You know, my mother. She uh, she was there. She didn't. She didn't finish school. My dad. He didn't go to college or anything like that. So when I was signing that national letter of intent, like, hey, this is real. I'm going to school. I'm going uh, for free. And um, this is probably gonna change the, you know, change my life in whatever way. I, whether I keep playing basketball, or whether I go into the the professional world, I just knew that uh, signing that piece of paper to such a, you know, prestigious school, you know, because Bryant is it's a, it's a pretty, good, it's a very good school. So I knew I knew that just signing that piece of paper was just gonna do a lot for myself. Uh, for my younger brother, you know, so I just that was probably my championship moment. So I mean, obviously, you wouldn't have the job in NBA
1: today if you didn't go that route. Exactly. Yeah. So obviously, that worked out great. What's your your toughest? You know, you look at it and say, this is this adversity is tough, and
2: how am I gonna get through this? Uh, definitely, my father passing away uh, when I was in the sixth grade. You know, you can either, uh, in my opinion, you can go two ways when somebody important to you uh, passes away. You can uh, you can sit and so Mm -hmm. and you can really let that bring you down or you can take you can take everything that person has taught you and everything that person has meant to you meant to you and and take everything that person wanted you to become you can take that you can move you can use that as motivation and you can trend in the right direction and i think that um it was a trying time for me i was 12 um but i think i responded well i think i responded in the way that my father would want me to i think i'm uh Doing some pretty good things that I know I still got a, a lot in front of me, but I think that I've done some things that he would be proud of. So I think that was my, my toughest challenge, and I'm still to this day, uh, yeah. what, what 12 years later, I'm still, you know, I'm still thinking about it, but I'm still, <clears throat> you know, using that as a motivation to, you know, do good things. So kind of, I probably know the answer. to This next
1: question is: If you had a, anybody you can meet, you know, deceased, live, anybody that you can sit down for 30 minutes and pick their brain. Who would it be, and what would you ask
2: her? Anybody, anybody.
1: See, I, I was asked that question once in an interview. That's why I asked her. I think it's a great question. And I picked Jesus because I was like, you know, that's the king of adversity. And I would just sat at the table and ask. I would fire so, away. So honestly, he hasn't called me yet. To, <laughs>
2: <that's>, <laughs> I got to be do better. <laughs> so, uh, but like I just said, I'll probably take thirty minutes to get a, a thirty minute conversation with my dad and that's ask right. and ask him. Does he approve the way I'm living my life? Uh, does, is, he, is he proud of the things that I'm doing? And I would ask him, well, you know, where does he think I can get better at in life? And what things do he, he think I'm doing a great job on? What things do he think I need to keep working on? Because, so, like I said, that was my mentor. That was my role model. And I still try to, um, every time I do something, I do it in his honor. So I think if I had 30 minutes, I would call him back and just ask him, what does he think of what are the things I'm doing right now? So. But that's
1: pretty. That's what I expected. Since I was going to that, I'm like, I already know yeah. the answer to this question. Sure. Training advice, you know, parents. They spend so much money on, you know, Spark this, Nike that. You know, the right. camps. And I know you did the right. camps. And as right. you came out, you were you run a lot of camps successfully. But what do you think? Maybe the parents that doesn't have that budget to run around right. know, these high line, you know, five star rating camps. Right. What do you, What do you think they should be doing? You know, somebody that just doesn't have the money what is what do you think is the best way to train or prepare kind of drills or the best way to
2: train I mean if you, if you can if you can get into a gym um, if you can get into a gym I think the best way to train is uh, well, let me say this I see a lot of guys that are training and they're doing a lot of things that um, aren't necessarily going to like translate to a game so you don't have to do as a, as a player, you don't have to go in and go do all the fancy things. Keep yeah. it keep it simple. You know, if you're a basketball player, keep it simple. Go work on your right to left crossover, left to right. But if you don't have the the money to go to all those big time camps, all I can say is stay hungry. Mm-hmm. There's always a gym somewhere. You got to find it. I know when I was a young guy, eighth grade, seventh grade, whatever, we always found somewhere to go play basketball. And I know it's getting harder and harder because people are starting to try to lock up these gyms for monetary reasons yeah. and all that type of stuff. But Stay hungry. I mean, if you if it if it's if it's your backyard with a hoop, and that's all you can do, just the driveway. Go hard. Go yeah. harder. What you do, you know. It, YouTube videos are accessible to everyone. You know what I'm saying. Um, work on your right hand. Work on your left hand. Work on both hands. Work on a way to shoot with both hands. I mean, just work on the fundamentals of the game. I was a big fundamentals guy. I didn't do a lot of if you ever watched me. I didn't do anything fancy. Yeah, everything yeah. was effective. You know, everything I did was. To, to, pass to get assists or score, you know, I didn't go triple through the legs, double behind the back, it was, you know, keep it real simple, so I think these kids should really work on honing in on their fundamentals, playing the game the right way, watching a lot of basketball, if you're yeah. going to be a basketball player, watch a lot of basketball, if you want to get a good test score, study, yeah. yeah, you know, study your craft, if you want to see, if you want to be an NBA player, well, you need to be watching NBA players, if you want to be a college player, watch college basketball, so... I think you got to really take serious and put the time in. Watch yeah, watch. watching
1: tape is – and it's ironic I'm in that industry now, recruiting and evaluation. Right. But when I was in high school, I would take every break and, you know, lunch, homeroom class, I'd go to the football office. Right. And I'd watch tape and then it just hit me one day. I'm like, wow, I understand when this linebacker does this or this defensive lineman uses his right hand, right. he's going this way. If he does his left or you can see the muscles in their arm right. change or their finger placement, you know they're going pass Rush yeah. or they're staying back for a run. And I was like, "Wow! If you really study deep, you could see what other guys are going to do, and it translates in basketball any sport." Exactly. Um, You know, and back to that question about training, I interviewed an MLS player, and he said some of the kids in other countries, in Mexico, Brazil, different regions, don't have this technology and all these devices. They just go out, put the soccer ball down, and work on dribble skills. Kick it against the wall, and they come here, and a lot of them dominate us yeah. in soccer. Yeah. And so it's not about you know these kids watching these these videos we put out. You know they're always like, well, my mom doesn't have the money, my dad doesn't have the money, and so they get this mindset that they can't achieve what they want to. And it's the furthest from the truth because right. I mean I saw basketball now, and you probably used it or seen it. Where they run against a, a, your mobile app, mm-hmm. and it gives you all your efficiencies. Yeah, yeah. art, I, I mean, did. all. I mean, yeah. it's crazy, and it's not that expensive. Yeah. It's like I think it was a hundred some bucks at, at Dick's Sporting yeah. I saw. I was like, that is that's crazy nice. Yeah. So you can get analytics. You can do a lot of things pretty cheap. Um, what do you think about AAU? And I'm not a basketball savant like you are, but I've seen a decline in quality of some of them. But I know you were with Adidas, right? Yeah. So. What's your take on AAU? With, I mean, to a parent, do you, do you say run your kid around AAU? I mean, I get some clients that say, my kid's not going to play for the high school,
2: and they're just going to play for an AAU team. And, so my uh, take on it is I'm a guy that I started playing major AAU in the fourth grade. So we were going, yeah, we were sponsored by ideas in the fourth grade. I started playing for the, the – I you like 6'2 then? I was like, I was one of the bigger kids, I was one of the bigger kids, Six so one. We, were like, we were like a team coming into the gym, like, yeah. you got your fourth grade friends yeah. and you go to the same tournament, yeah. and you see them, they're with their buddies, but you're walking yeah. in, you got Adidas and bags and all this stuff, are yeah. like... Yeah, you walk in you're playing like the the, the Jewish team in beach. Yeah. they're like, what is going to happen? You every, and you got every top ten kid from across the state of Ohio, yeah. so... Um, but my take on AAU is um, because the AAU is a tricky game. You yeah. know, it's a lot going on. Yeah, if, When you get into the, the major version yeah. of yeah. AAU, it's, it's crazy. But um, I think that the popularity goes towards the AAU. Mm-hmm. But I've seen a lot of popularity um, this last year. I've seen a lot of videos. I think I think a lot of energy is coming back to the high school game, which is uh, which is great. I think people are trying to get away from the high school game. like. Um, but I don't think – I don't really agree with that. I think that high school basketball and playing, playing, playing in that situation under coaches under under a real system, know, yeah. people are really competitive, is good for you. Um, but AAU, I, I do suggest you play AAU because I mean it's it's it is what it is. Going forward, 2018 it is a major factor, and and um, you know, <coughs> but I don't think it's the end all be all. I don't think if you don't play AAU, then yeah, your, then your career, career is um, finito. I don't think your career is over after that, but. Um, <laughs> like like going back to the whole training thing like if you don't, if you if it's a team that you have to pay for or something like that, I don't think it's the end of the world that you don't, like I said, that, I don't, that you don't play AU I think that whatever you do do, if you work hard enough the talent's going to be shown your talent's okay. going like, to, like these kids that want to go to the high school, the popular high schools and stuff like that, no matter where you are, no matter what you do what, what, what you're playing, if you put in the work they're going to find you.
1: Yeah. They're going to find you.
2: And video doesn't
1: lie. Numbers don't lie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously you have, if you play a higher elite program, right. your chances are higher because the draw is there. Right. But once you put a, a marketing program together and you've got the tape and you've got the stats, then somebody out there is going to say, you know, and if you interview well, because that's crucial. Yeah, I always crucial. tell kids you've got to know how to interview. Very it's crucial. like your second largest interview in your life ever next to your job, and they don't get it. They don't understand what we're trying to say to them, but
2: you've got to be able to to get that coach to attach to you and say, man, I like that guy. You know what's funny about that? When I was in high school, I did an interview when I was in the ninth grade. You know, everybody wanted to do a story about me because of my uncle and things like yeah. that. But um, I did an interview, and I think I like I kept saying the same word over and over again. <laughs> and my mother yeah, you know my my something like that. You know what I'm saying? Or like that. <laughs> yeah. She's like, and my mother, she heard it, and she absolutely ripped me apart at home. Wow. She was like, you sound you you sound bad i didn't mean, you know you, you got to know how to talk you got to know how to talk to people you got to know how to get people to believe in you know what you're what you what you're putting out so um, i think interviewing, cuz i've had some friends that you, you get in front of the camera and they just forget their yeah. thought. thought yeah So I think that interviewing well and speaking well and really being confident in what you're speaking is a very, very important part of what's going on, like you said. So I think those interview skills are very important. Some of the kids I see on, you know, football signing day is a big
1: frenzy in marketing. You see some of these kids talk, and you're like, they're not going to make it through school. They're not going to make it through class. And you just know, and unfortunately, basketball is a huge revenue generator, Mm -hmm. you know, and with the the tournaments and March Madness, huge billion-dollar industry. And football is the same way in college, so you're going to have coaches, lie lot of you, you're going to have, and you get in there, you know, you, you got to start over. And kids right. today just don't, and you're not that far out from that, so you're humble. You go in this process and you say, hey, I, I've got to earn my keep, I'm changing my position. Right. I just want to have a role and impact right. impact program and change a program. But a lot of kids today, they're about, how, you know, how, how are you going to treat me? What's in it for me? Mm-hmm. And that's the worst mentality to have. Right. Prospects. that's I do agree. I know you're hungry. I appreciate you coming in, man. How long
2: are you in town for? I'm in town for a week. Then back out? Yeah. Back to Jersey? I'm used to that, yeah. Brian, we come home for Christmas for like two days. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so in and out. What do you? Well, the weather's the same. Yeah. Same weather. It's nice to have you in here. I I appreciate appreciate your time. Um, You know, obviously I'll send you a copy and... We'll, we'll talk, um, I'll try to connect with you, you said a week, right? Yeah. We'll try, I'll try to grab lunch or something, talk For about sure. showcases and some other stuff that potentially we could try to put together. I know you've done a great job with Adidas and probably missed that. Don't you? Yeah, definitely <laughs> missed that. that sitting times. there watching
2: tape all day. Yeah, you know, how do you stay in shape, man? <laughs> man, it's I'm hard. It's hard, it, <laughs> it hard. We, yeah. talk, we talk about that at work every day. We try to drink as much water as possible. Yeah. All we're doing is just sit there, eat and watch basketball. Yeah, so. you got a bunch of guys coming out here yeah. like 30 <laughs> pounds more. <laughs> Like Shaq. Yeah.
1: That is yeah. the largest individual I've ever seen. I saw him person downtown. I was like, wow. Yeah, it's a big guy. He ducked his head and he was going to the that, Marriott. Everything's probably got
2: to be personalized. Everything.
1: Uh, Cars, that guy's 360. House. Yeah. It's humongous. Cool, man. I appreciate it greatly. Great. And then we'll get together. And thanks, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Athletic Scholarship Corporation Radio Network. Heard worldwide on www.athleticscholarshipcorp.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more college recruiting help, training advice, motivation, and more from pro athletes, coaches, celebrities, and entrepreneurs worldwide.